Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is the One Hour Photo Podcast by Studio C41. Crap, I forgot we were doing that by that way now. <laughs> I know, I, I forgot until literally about two seconds before I started saying that. Well, so. that's good because I actually have to like leave in an hour and go home and see my wife. Yes. So, yeah. Well, we're going to be moving quick, so uh, we have a special guest. Um, he is not... Um, this is not your first time. This is not my first time. But you are here in the flesh. Yes. You do exist. I do exist. <laughs> so we have Edward Conde. Man, dude, thank you for coming by. This is amazing. Well, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. So Yeah, uh, I mean, it was really gracious of you to arrange this entire like conference and everything <laughs> right. for your industry. <laughs> exactly. So you could be here on yeah. our show tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I found out the conference was in Atlanta, I immediately hit him up and I said, I might be coming to this. So uh, we got to do something. Heck yeah. And you're here and welcome to the Blanket Fort. Yes. Yes. Thank yeah. you. So, which uh, I'm still a little let down that we haven't like taken this to the umpteenth degree and like, you know, started like incorporating something you know, like making it a little bit more structurally sound with some pillows or something <laughs> some to, pillows. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. Maybe, uh, well, dang it. I forgot the dang coconuts. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was about to say budget. That's where my brain was going on. This. All our budget has been spent on the coconuts, coconuts which Bill has forgotten again. Yeah. Um, so there goes our convincing horse sound effects. Yeah, oh well. I am losing interest in this. All right. I'm sorry. It's all right. So, so um, so yeah, uh, tonight we're going to kind of really just skip the photo news. Um, and by skipping the photo news, I didn't prep for the photo news. Okay. So the truth comes out. Yes. All right. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so in all honesty, if you really want to catch up on the photo news, you can go to YouTube and check out Nico's photo news. He honestly, dude, he's, he's got the connects. Uh, he's in like the know. The, the toy that are kind of like erector sets for plastic. <laughs> oh, touche. Yeah. Uh, no, not those, but he has if connections. He, if he did that while he was doing the news, <laughs> that would be awesome. I would never miss an episode. <laughs> so, uh, so he is much more on top of it than I am when it comes to the photo news. There's been a lot of personal life stuff that's been happening. Good things. Um, so I've been really busy with that. And then, trying to manage the um the vlogs you know flying to new york and back in a day yeah. mm -hmm. seeing everyone yeah, pretty much so we'll we'll save that for an episode in itself and everything there, i mean there's a lot to cover in that so um but uh i really wanted to focus on edward because you dude you brought in some amazing prints here and you, you sent us layover yes and layover i uh selfishly kept for myself i don't think did you get a copy no i just got a print okay you got a print i'll send you a and copy. then i got oh, the zine thanks, man that's very nice so, of you. man what? now i don't feel special so <laughs> that's cool cool if you want to give me something else that you don't give to bill too that would be great like so, that print yeah right there? exactly yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so um yeah he also <laughs> just gracious enough to bring in some beautiful prints and work yeah. here and you know you will uh, have to forgive me because I did not get a chance to refresh myself on the, the previous episode where we had you on. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a one-on-one. Yeah, and uh, we talked about layover. I gotcha. Okay, yeah, so That's we right. went into that a little bit more in depth, and then we uh, covered um, just a little bit about. Um, no, actually, we talked about right at the end of that episode that you were interested in half frame, right? And you were just getting into it, mm-hmm. and so these prints that you brought in are a result of your half frame project. Correct. So, yeah. All right. So. Let's do a quick recap. Let's talk about yeah, just even like, you know, a little bit of a quick introduction, you know, for yourself, for anybody like me who doesn't go back and listen to the show. Um, Jerk. I'm so I watched one of your videos. All right. That's just, you know, I I like the videos. Yeah. The videos are nice. Okay. So yeah, that's, well, I, I guess yeah. you watched those. I did. I, I, I even liked it on YouTube. You can go look. Thumbs I don't up. think I can see it. You can't can see, see who it. likes it? No, I don't oh, think wow. so. Oh, wow. That's weird. All right, fine. Yeah. Well, um, then I've I'll liked, take your word for it. I've so. liked and seen all of them okay. is really what I'm trying to say. But anyway, I digress. Yes. Um, all right, so tell so us yeah, a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little about yourself. Um, so I'm a uh, photographer out of L.A. area. Um, been shooting since 2010, 2011. Uh, picked up a camera when my daughter was two i just wanted to photograph her some more capture her moments as she's growing up um fast forward to about 2015 i start getting into film shooting and um pretty much my style is just you know street photography documentary just documenting just what's going around around me and where i you know i visit or walk around or wander basically sure um but uh pretty much after 2015 is when i primarily started shooting film and and you know that kind of stuff so um but yeah yeah you know i've just been doing that for the last you know few years and now i'm doing little projects like this of uh, half frame my layover was was just a seven hour shoot basically yeah you know um but that i used my lc lc120 to do uh, but now you know this uh, this project with the half frame, you know, just just came about just one walk through Santa Monica, and next thing I know yeah. is I, you know, developed the black and white. I'm like, okay, this is this is another possibility. Yeah, this is something. Yeah, I was in the middle of my pano project, which is another one that I did with the Nikon mm-hmm. AF600, mm-hmm. um, and that is all done for now. Um, now I'm mostly concentrating on just shooting a roll or two in this thing and half remote and see what happens. Nice, man. Well, what do you, you said you've switched to pretty much shooting mostly film. Like right. What has been, I always love hearing from people. What's been the thing that's kind of connected with you in that way. Why has that become your medium of choice or even the times when it's not your medium of choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just because it's different. Yeah. It, it, you know, um, you know, I got so used to it, to the results with digital. Um, I was shooting, I shoot Fuji. I still shoot digital. I shoot Fuji. Um, but with film, I was just getting all kinds of, you know, wacky results. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my first roles that I shot was an expired role of Fuji Film 400. And I had light leaks in my Electro. Um, and I was just like, whoa, this is different. This is weird. This is stuff I would have to filter in. Yeah. Right? Yep, yeah. So, so that kind of got my uh, caught my eye, and um, you know, and there's just so many different film stocks that I've shot and used, and everything just gives me a different look where I don't have to go and try to apply a filter or, or, um, or, or, or something else to to make it 
a different a different look. It just seems to come out of camera or out of after I scan and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean it's just it's just different, especially like with the half frame. You know, it, it's a different ratio. It's a different look, a different view of of an image, um, like the one you have in front of you. It wouldn't be interesting if I say did it even did it with a thirty five millimeter. You know, it's the fact that I used a half frame camera or this LC wide without the mask to make that endless pano. And, and, and that's kind of how Lomography shows it as an endless panoramic. Very for that, cool. For that kind of stuff. So yeah, I guess like, you know, we uh, wanted to get a little bit into this particular camera and setup that you're using right mm -hmm. now. So mm -hmm. yeah, for what you got right in front of it, it's the Lomo LC wide, yep. which is based off of like the, the camera that started everything for Lomography, yes. like the old like LCA. Lomo Auto Compacts, like the yeah. Soviet camera. Yeah, their LCA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what's the big difference between the LC wide and then like the LCA? Okay, so on the LC wide, it's a seventeen millimeter. So mm -hmm. as it is, it's already starting as a wide lens. It's an f four five. Um, that is pretty much. The for me, that's the primary difference between the two. As far as the size, they're both the same size. Sure. Mm -hmm. You can't really tell the difference. Uh, well, you can tell the difference by the little red marks. Mm -hmm. um, and this thing's so wide that if you put your fingers even close to the lens. Oh, wow. You know, people at home can't see this. But if you put your fingers here, your fingers will be in the photo. No way. Wow. Yeah. It's that wow. wide. So it's like almost a 180 degree view. It's something like that. I, yeah. I don't know exactly, but I remember uh, my buddy that uh, I went on the um, the residency week with Lomography back in 2017. He told me when I borrowed his, he's all like, don't put your fingers right here because if not, they'll be in there. Wow. So out of 36 that I shot in that role, there was about 10 of them where my fingers were right there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. So, um, you know, aside, you know, on the new LCs, you know, LCA plus and the LC wide, uh, ISO is like 100 to 1600 versus the older's is, I think it's 25 to 400. So, um, mm. one of the reasons I went to, um, these bodies is because I was able to push film. Gotcha. Okay. Whereas like, um, like the Olympus XA, which is very mm -hmm. small as well, mm -hmm. that, you can only go up to 800 and sure and i'd like pushing to 1600 on my black and white so or you don't have to do something like on a lot of point and shoots you have to like hack the dx code right or things right. like that right so and then this one uh, another difference and i'm looking at it now it's a, it's only a, a two zone focus so it's either close or far, far. and it's you know once you start using it you know how close you yeah. can be and then how and then if it, if it's further than that you just hit the other one where so on the original like LCA is it more of just a, a zone focus? Yeah, or? I think you get. I want to say it's like four. So kind of like kind of like the Holga is. You have like those few increments, right? Okay. Right. Or even like the um, the XA two. Okay, yeah, it's a zone focus. Very similar. Very similar the way they both the those two models work. Um. So, but I I like the two different one. It you know there's there's no confusion. Yeah. Yeah. Either I'm close enough to you or I'm not. Then you know let's go. Nice. It's interesting just that like from kind of a bare bones camera, it seems like they've added features, but stripped away features. Right. And I don't know, that's something like, and I know we're going to talk about this again, but you know, Bill, you got to go hang out with Lomography in New York. Mm -hmm. And for 
whatever gripes anything people might have about Lamography, I love the fact they keep things interesting. Yep. Yeah. They keep finding like some kind of whether it's something that somebody might think is a little kitschy, like a sprocket rocket right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. They do stuff that really does embrace that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, um, I guess the the tangible whimsy would that be a uh, you, know? <laughs> well, you know so when i finished my interview with birgit um she we we ended up talking about how my wife cannot stand me with my camera or when i hand her any of my cameras she's just like Neh. but when i hand her the instant wide it's totally different. Dude, I remember like, when you got that for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it for her birthday last year. And, like, she was, like, so, like, into it, you know? And I, I was just like, maybe maybe she'll get into photography. Maybe, you know, I'll plant that seed. And at least for right now, she's just like, oh, I just want to use it for my scrapbooking and stuff, which is totally fine. And yeah. I think it's great. You know, it's perfect for that. And, um, but, you know, it's for somebody that has zero interest in photography and then to see them want to get creative with no background in photography. And she was getting amazing pictures. With yeah. Them. So I think there's something like they, they have a formula where they really, you know, they're creating really cool stuff. Like the Lomagon is very, very cool. Yeah, yes. man. I'm excited to see more results. I am, that. I am thoroughly impressed by that. I mean, like I'm kind of now kicking myself in the butt that I didn't, back it and um and, and it is a sharp lens i mean at first i was like oh, okay maybe that's the video maybe yeah. they did all kinds of extra stuff to it but like i did a shot uh took a picture of birgit and we we chimped it on the backside, and we looked at it, i was like oh my gosh yeah. wide open uh, f 2.5 mm-hmm. and and she was dead on sharp it wow. was scary and if you throw that in i don't know we're gonna get into a little bit of a digital talk here but like with like the Sony's have um, uh, um, peaking, focus peaking yeah. on it. Like you can get dead on sharp at wide open with those lenses. It's, I mean, it's scary as far as what you can do with them. Cool. So, um, so I think as far as lomography goes, like they have a lot of stuff for people that just want to be fun and just let go of all the technical nitty gritty and just get creative and i think they've got a really good formula going on with that and yeah i'm going to name drop it uh i had to think here but like as far as like for somebody like yashika right yashika is trying to do something very similar to it i'm starting to notice like a little bit of a trend with them where they're like yeah. oh we're going to try to bring this back and, and they just dropped i think this morning something on instagram about a black and white yeah. film they're going to be doing too which Again, it's just a repackaged right, film from right. somebody else. Yeah. But. So, but you know, Lomography doesn't make it a secret. Like they're like, oh, this is you know re re rolled, uh, you know, German film, you know, cinema film and everything. People are like, oh, okay, cool. But like when you have somebody that like with Yashika, dude, it's like get that out of here. You know, right. people reject it instantly because of the approach that they have gone with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, and there are some people who still like you know even. Maybe some people who like have worked in a a photo lab and stuff too, you know, we would see things like people just getting a lamography camera and have no idea what to do with it. And it would just be when you're coming from trying to produce stuff that's like consistent and like good quality and sharp and you're doing things for clients in a lab and you're trying to make sure that, oh, this is going to look a good 
production line, basically. Yeah. And then you have somebody who has a camera that is like going into the sprockets or is like wildly underexposed or is like a fisheye or whatever yeah. that it it I don't want to say it gives you a little bit of a, a negative view of some of that just right. because it's something different. Right. right. But all that to say, it's something that's just I think like you said, it's the fantastic aspects of like that different things that get connecting with people. Yeah. And it is the um yeah, like for even you, I the things that were just kind of standing out and different about like this is especially now as digital's yeah. progressed. Yeah. Like a few years ago, um, when I was still working at Wolf, we had, you know, we're getting annoyed by this lamography stuff because it was <laughs> different and we were still getting a ton of like regular you know, right. consumer film. Sure. Um, but now it has become so much stuff has become so sterile in yeah. kind of the digital workflow for a lot of people yeah, that sure. these differences, um, the light leaks, the whatever it may be, really stand out and really yeah. start connecting with people. Yeah. When you get photographers that know what the hell they're doing and you're giving them something that is very limiting, like, I mean, um, who's the guy with all the Holgas? Yeah, oh, you've um, talked about yeah, him before on previous um, episodes. Perry Dilbeck. Yes. Um, yeah. So, like, you take a photographer that is very good at, at what they do, and then you give them something really quirky, and then they like embrace that, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and then they come out with some really amazing stuff. This is if to check out. You should. I think you totally enjoy his work. It's called um, this one body work, the Last Harvest. Okay. He did it all on like southern like uh truck subsistence farmers. Okay. Shot it all on black and white on Holgas, did a bunch of fiber prints. He's local here in this area, but even just talking to him about it, he said he had like a dozen different Holgas that he would use. And he knew like the characteristic of right. each Holga. Yeah, and like just totally like and fell in love with that particular medium, spoke to him, and he mm. just dove into it and learned it. Yeah. So I think that with Lomography, yes, there is that, like, you get the perfectionist photographers are like, oh, Lomography, ugh, you know, that you get the shivers. Oh, yeah. But but when you actually get photographers that are, you know, know what they're doing and then you put these in their hands, that's where Lomography tools can really, really shine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you do get the side of it, like, with Jessica and yeah. people like that who don't want to have... I mean, they might see us like just nerding out about all the different things we can do right. with their different film stocks, how we can manipulate things, right. even working like, oh, my workflow of scanning it this way is, yeah. and they don't want anything to do with that. They just want to have, be able to capture life right. and yeah. then not be stuck on a phone. Mm -hmm. Something mm -hmm. like the, what, that's why the Instax cameras are so popular. Yeah. Yeah. That's why there's been this big resurgence in that, having that tangible thing right there without dealing with the rest of the process. It's right. just they get that and it connects. And yeah. I think that's awesome that there's avenues for that. Right. And that's, that that's, we always kind of talk about how just whatever you're using, just find the tool that connects to you and like how you can create and like capture the world. And like, yeah. you know, and for somebody who's just shooting instant film and like making a scrapbook. Awesome. Or if it's somebody who's, you know, getting every like old projector lens modified to work on their, you know, uh, uh, contacts or whatever to you know get a yeah. particular look and swirly yeah. bokeh with every shot then yeah go, yeah go, go nuts it. yeah so speaking of like creativity and everything and and the simplicity of these lomography um that like this lobo wide and i'm looking at some of these prints now like these are i don't want to say unconventional 
like for example this one like i mean most people would associate with this going oh this is just motion blur or anything but there's something more about this when i'm looking at this um you know you have lines that are going across and you're creating like it's a it's very balanced at the same time. It's really hard to explain that image. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, yes, there's motion blur, but it's also very pleasing to the mm. eye at the same time. So oh, like your totally. choice of, you know, showing that print to us, like I would never show personally, I would never show a picture that has motion blur right. in it because I'm just like, no, <laughs> everything has to be sharp. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's just me. Right. But you know, I look at that and it's, you know, incredibly pleasing to the eye because it draws me in even more. Yeah. So it's, you know, like that one. Um, so yeah, I mean, how are you finding your creativity when like, are these a combination of just wanting to be creative and happy, embracing happy mistakes with these? I mean, like, like, yeah, I was, explain I was the, gonna ask the same yeah, kind of yeah. thing and like, just even, I guess, yeah. Explaining what, um, influences you in the work that you're making too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like in the case of the endless panos, I've just seen a lot of stuff on the Lomography community and um a lot of some of my close friends who shoot LCAs primarily and just do all kinds of amazing stuff. So I, I grab inspiration from there. Um, you know, seeing, you know, again, samples of what people have done. Um you know, I decided to be it's more of a trick. Let's see, let's see what it looks like. Yeah. You know, because everything for me, everything starts with one roll, right? Same with the half frame. I'm gonna shoot this roll of twelve exposures because that was bulk loaded film when I did um, the first roll. Let me see how it looks. Let me see if it's something that it appeals to me because that that's what it has to come to. I have to love what I'm trying to shoot and and, and so forth. So, um, in the case of how I get inspired to, you know, like stuff like this. This is the love one which I posted. I think it was in march for monochrome march or something like that mm-hmm. um this one i saw i saw it on the wall yeah and i was like okay well let me make a uh, heck if i remember how to say the word but let me make a four frame half frame out of it so not a it's like a quad something yeah it's not a triptych it's no. a quad quadic quatric quatrain no that's a poetry it's a double diptych we're gonna call it a double diptych i like that the double diptych yeah i'm gonna hashtag that all right cool because hey Um, that's that's a half frame you know yeah so um so for that i just wanted to get the word love you know that's all that's all it was it's very very simple very just that's what i wanted um there's another one here that i have and this is just a scene from venice beach and what i wanted to do here uh, was just taking shots of the crowd looking at the skaters, not necessarily photographing the skaters at this point. This point is just more, what is the crowd, even if it's just their backside or their side side or whatever. Sure. That kind of like ignored part of the, the whole scene. Right, right. And then um, this one, this one, so this is my favorite bridge. Mm-hmm. It, uh, so I commute from my house um it's Calabasas, Agora Hills area. I commute on PCH, so the Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a bridge, this bridge here, that I've shot so many different ways with different cameras from my car. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was shot from my car, obviously, because of the motion. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and in this case, I think I was just trying to finish the roll. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I, I remember taking this, and it was on my side window, and... 
I was a little upset that the green light came on and in LA you can't really wait and take a photo. Right. Sure, right. yeah. So I Oh, in Atlanta you do that. You can take five shots. <laughs> You're the reason we have traffic though. <laughs> um and so I do remember taking this as I was rolling and I was like, well, we'll see how it is. And then when I developed the film and I saw this frame, I was all like, Oh, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, so that's how that, uh, I mean, out. it's very cool that it's, there's a beautiful kind of abstraction to right. it. And I was even thinking about, I don't know, just like looking through your work that you have in the prints and your Instagram feed and mm-hmm. everything. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just, well, I guess I'll ask first. Have there been any other than just the people in the community you've interacted with and seen like kind of contemporaries? Are there any photographers like throughout history of photography that have really like spoken to you or connected mm-hmm. with? Or has it been a bit more of just like this is the world around me? I want to see what I can find and capture. Um, well, I like Eggleston. Yeah. He's just a funny dude. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? And I, I remember watching his documentary and somebody asked him about taking number of frames he goes why would i take so many frames of the same thing yeah he takes like one shot of something and then moves on right so i i kind of adopted that and i'm like well why am i gonna do it if he doesn't do it you know yeah and and since i like i like him so um i I also like the work from stephen shore yes dude absolutely i was looking at your stuff i I love stephen shore um and you're the first person who's talked about him Mm -hmm. um other than me (laughs) (laughs) so that's amazing no please continue i'm just excited yeah i just like the way he's just not you know taking it from a point of view that's just this is what the the landscape looks like yeah right and a lot of my photography is that way where I I want to be away from the crowd or away from the scene and just kind of sh- give somebody a view. Yes, yeah. And this is what I am seeing. This is the whole scene or in my half frames is multiple of the whole scene. So um, let me see. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I know I've gotten, um, oh, what's the Vancouver? Oh, I can't remember his name. But he's uh, he's another guy that I like. I like this color work, a yeah. lot of his street work okay. and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. If his name comes back to me, I'll say it later. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes okay. afterwards. So anybody who wants yeah. to try to catch up on it, we can put it in the notes. Yeah, so, so. but pretty much, you know, it was Eggleston just because he makes me laugh and he just has a different view on things. And and to me, that I like that. I mm. like I like different. I like I like things that are different, and and I think that's why I gravitate to cameras like this, like this, the Holga, the Diana, or my LC uh, LCA one twenty. You know, it, they're just giving me different views or different looks, different outputs that some of the other cameras don't. Even other film cameras, right? Um, like a Nikon can be, you know, it's a beautiful and it could be sharp and everything, but sometimes that's not what I want. Sometimes yeah. I want something like this. That's yeah has flaws you know it's kind of funny because it's like if you try to force it it won't happen it doesn't happen sure yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know it's like the a lot of these occurrences are from you know a mistake or it wasn't intentional yeah. or you know ran out of time so you press the shutter right. just for sake for yeah. the sake of getting the shot you know i actually had a laugh so the one i handed steven oh. is a woman <laughs> holding a starbucks i guess starbucks cup, cup. yeah I don't know why. Was but she a Game of Thrones extra? Is that <laughs> touche? It's, it's Khaleesi. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, that, you <laughs> see the resemblance? Yeah, it's better than the finale. But anyway. Oh, oh, oh I would agree yeah. with you. 
agree on that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. man. Right. So wow. I but, think we're at a general yeah, consensus. Yeah, that's fine. So, no, I actually thought of the Vivian... Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we'll leave the, you know... I'm over it. We're past it. You know, yes. I was I was over it by Monday night. So, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, on the things that that <laughs> aren't terrible, yeah. <laughs> like like Edward's photography. Exactly. Thank you. Hey, Thank you. Um, I I instantly thought of Vivian Meyer. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. You see it? That That's why I handed flicks. it over to yeah. you because I was like, that is absolutely something that she yeah. would do. So I I had the there was the Vivian Meyer uh, collection uh, in color. That was here in Atlanta for a little while. Like it was, I up. so wish I could have gone to that. Event. Yeah, they were selling it too, and the prices actually were actually pretty decent for mm. for a Vivian Meyer. You know, like for someone who's become a notable photographer. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm talking, well, I'll just say like the price, like starting price, was about two grand. That's that's not bad. It for, is not bad for yeah. something you know that is going to go up in price. And I'm kicking myself in the butt because I know I can't really afford it. You know, but it's like. When I see art that I want, I know that I I want it, not because of the price, but they speak out and it's good photography and it's in color. But there was also a lot of questions that I had as far as like, you know, how was this printed on? Sure, or anything like yeah. Because there's, there's that kind of black mark on Vivian Meyer's uh, work that as far as how it's being handled. Um, and the second I brought that up, they didn't, they were no longer interested in me. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. They were not happy when I brought that up. Yeesh. So anyway, so I, I instantly thought of this, like the colors, the, the style of this particular shot, uh, very, very, um, akin to, uh, Vivian Meyer. So yeah, you. I was even thinking about, so the, the, yeah. oh, the photo of the bridge, maybe even think of like, um, Cartier Brisson. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. of even like of the similar forms of like that puddle jumping photo. Yeah. And then it's funny because he's the one who said that sharpness is a bourgeois concept. Right. I think right. too. Yeah. So even that, I don't know. I guess there's something that maybe is kind of universal about people who work in that, that, that street photography realm mm-hmm. yeah. of just walking around with the camera and capturing. But I love that you mentioned Stephen Shore. Cause I was looking through your feed and being like, this is really reminiscent of, Stephen Shore and Eggleston yeah. and maybe it is, you know, digesting that influence or maybe it is like that kind of universal of just wandering around and seeing something right. different. Right. Yeah. yeah. I got, I picked up his book. I think it was the, I think they call it the encyclopedia. So it kind of goes over a lot of his, his, uh, his work. Uh, Eggleston? No, Stephen Shore. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, there's a lot of writing in there, I think. I remember correctly. There's some writing in there and just kind of backstories on different stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I think it was uncommon places is that that's his. Yep. That's yeah. The, that's, that's the book of his that I have. Right. That is, just, I've always wanted so that good. one. So I may pick that one. It's totally worth cause it's printed. It's aperture. The aperture foundation yep. prints it and it's just gorgeous. Mm. It's a beautiful book. Yeah. It so. makes me want to like just roll around with an, four by five camera and shoot everything. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of four by five film. I still need to borrow it, man. You I've got do. the uh, couple sheets of type 55 sitting in my fridge that may right. or may not be dusty yet. <laughs> dusty because it's all evaporated out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So um, you've got these amazing shots and mm-hmm. you, you were telling me at the end of the interview last time that you were going to be getting into uh half frame and the half frame work that you've shown us is fantastic you've even uh 
influenced me yes. to uh, pick up a Demi. Yep. Uh, so I have the Demi EE17. And um, so I've started playing around with it. And so my first role was uh, JCH400. Uh, and we were joking about this on the train on the way back up where I was like on frame like 50. And I was like, dude, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, that's it. Pop. Yep. Rewind. And I had to couldn't develop get it. All I, couldn't get, to, I couldn't get to 72. No, no, not even 72. Like if you get the bonus frames, you're like pushing towards 80. Jeez, man. Yeah, dude. So I'm like, I can't do this anymore. So thank you for the the roll of 12 uh, frames. Well, 24 technically. Yep. Uh, so um, I'll, I'll pop that into the Demi and uh, we'll have to run around and shoot that because uh, I'm, I'm, really excited i want to try stuff different you know i'm I'm getting into compact cameras and stuff right. like that so like the uh some of my favorite imagery as of late has been on the little canonette and uh and it's a very different style of shooting that i'm not traditionally accustomed to and i'm finding myself to enjoy it a lot more so um so I've, I've been really interested in i've seen a few people do um on half frames uh, slides where then they're yep. like specifically doing everything as a diptych because mm-hmm. they want it to be mounted in, in that projected format. Mm-hmm. Right. There's been some really cool yeah. stuff. You did yeah. some on Ectochrome, right? Yeah, I did. I did one roll on Ectochrome and it came out pretty nice. Nice. Yeah. I got some nice shots of me and my, my two kids and my wife, um, you know, with the self, you know, doing it this way. And it just came out really nice. I thought so. And um, I did one and I almost printed a ectochrome shot and it was a basketball court okay and it just uh the colors were just amazing that was the out of the two or three rolls that i shot i shot only one of ectochrome in this mm-hmm. um and i shot the other two in that uh nikon af 600 but the results out of this one were for me the ones that i loved the most so fantastic yeah so what is after like are you sticking around with half frame for a little while or is there other stuff that you're kind of like, mm, I'm kind of interested and in trying And to piggyback on that too is yeah. when you're working on a project or like you have, this is what I'm going to shoot this for this time period. Is that it? You're limiting yourself just to that particular camera and setup or are you like always working on multiple projects at once? Yeah. Mm, I tend to just do one project at once. So like okay. uh, when I did the Pano project, it was just that, that AF 600 Pano mode. And I just went out. I would take a, um, I would take like my LCA with me too and just shoot normal street stuff. But, um, but yeah, so I'm looking into doing some more Holga work, you know, just trying to go that way. But I did pick mm-hmm. up a Pentax 6 7 recently. <laughs> nice. Did you really? It's a little bit of you're know, working in extremes, going yeah, from yeah. half frame it's a to dangerous where you're living too. You might cause some uh seismic activity yeah, 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 yeah. San Andreas might might it, it could shift shake there. it could shift <laughs> yes um so but definitely the Holga stuff I've yeah. um I've shot quite a bit with it and mm-hmm. and I I just have to find the right subjects for sure. it or mm-hmm. it may just be that I go back to my the same stopping grounds of Santa Monica and Venice and just shoot it in Holga and see what that looks like um a lot of the stuff that I shot with this I also shot with the pano camera my the AO 600 so it's like getting it's like shooting it you know, obviously shooting it twice but just getting a different view yeah right um so but yeah do you find that i sometimes this i'm really good at it sometimes and other times i feel almost like crippled by embracing the limitations of things 
Like, do you feel that like if you go out and you only have one particular camera that's only shooting this one particular style, do you feel are you afraid you're going to miss something that some other piece of equipment or other film yeah. stock or whatever? At the mm. beginning, I do. Yeah. But once I get into the groove of whatever I'm shooting, then I'm just like, ah, let's go. Nice. Yeah. You know? So has that just given yourself those limitations? Do you think it's obviously it seems to be, you know, sparking your creativity big right. time? But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually look for stuff to give me limitations. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably why I shoot cameras like these or, um, even some point and shoots where I can't really change anything but the ISO. Okay. And, and you know, and this mm-hmm. is all I have to deal with. Um, I, I've tried mechanical cameras and I think there's just too much to deal with. Like what's, you know, what's the shutter speed supposed to be and that kind yeah. of stuff where then you can't really think of what you want to do. At least that's the way I, sometimes sure. I look at it. I mean, sometimes I want to go manual. Okay. Let's go. Right? Yeah. But I got to be in that, in that state of mind. With this, I can just be, or Holga or whatever, um, I can just just shoot, right? Just understand what the distance is and then just shoot, you know, set my ISO and that's it. The camera does everything and just, I, I fully trust that the meter and, mm. and the camera is going to expose it properly. And if it doesn't, then it might give me something, you know, maybe something like that or something else. A yeah, fun surprise. Yeah, something that I'll be like, oh, happy accident. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah. Very that's- cool. Really awesome. Yeah. I mean, so you did a fun little thing um, with this uh, half frame. And um, let's talk about a little bit about the story behind it and what you did in order to capture this. So for the listeners, uh, tell us about this picture. Yeah. So this is um, basically the Lomo LC wide in... um, in half frame mode, but without the half frame mask. So mm-hmm. on the wide, they come with two different masks, a square mask and a um, half frame mask. And there's a little switch at the bottom that you can um, set the camera to either full frame or half frame. Mm-hmm. And that basically just tells the the advance wheel how far to advance. Okay. Um, and this is something that I learned... Um, again, through the Lomography community, but really from my buddies that I met in the residency week. And they just said, yeah, just do it this way. And, you know, it's like an endless pano. And, you know, and they even said, go back and then shoot uh, shoot it in full frame and do double exposure. So that's something I think I mentioned to you. Mm-hmm. One of our chats was, um, you know, you can shoot it in half frame, reel back, shoot it in full frame, and then, you know, see what you're, what you get you know, as a, as a double exposure. So, um, so in this case, I just decided that I wanted to do a half frame with no mask. I had done a black and white one, which came out, there were some shots that is just really freaky and really cool that I liked. So I said, all right, well, let me try this. It's only a 12 exposure roll. So I did. And luckily it was a very nice day in Santa Monica. I think it was that film photography day too. I was there oh, with nice. my buddy, Michael and we were around shooting and I just remember walking back from the end of the pier, walking towards the, the, the roller coaster that they have there mm-hmm. and, um, and just start shooting, just start going and going. And, you know, I think I would do like, uh, well, actually I just shot everything, just kept on shooting, shooting. And then when I scanned it is when I started cutting them up in frames. And, um, and I think I put it on the, uh, on the MPP Facebook group the different samples that I took with the film lab oh, app yeah, that yeah, I did. I remember that, yeah. mm-hmm. And so from there, I started to view 
how am I going to scan this? How, where am I going to cut it? And that kind of stuff. Because that's yeah. the beauty of this, right? You know, you just have like this, Strip you know, 20, yeah. 24 shots of half frame. Yeah. And then you got to go in there and you got to figure out what works, where you're going to cut it and that kind of stuff. So, that's so cool. So, yeah, it, it gives you another level of creativity aside from just shooting it, right? Now you got to cut it. You know, how am I going to, how am I going to make this thing make sense or not? I don't even know if that makes sense, but I like the way it looks. Nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I, that's really interesting. Yeah. Cause you did bring up a good point where you have this role essentially developed and everything. And it's just one continuous image mm-hmm. throughout the entire role. And so you end up having a whole new level of creativity I'm kind of curious now at this point is like, there's so much more that you could potentially do with it like this. Like, you know, could you tell a story? Like, can you like, um, mm-hmm. oh, what's his name? He's like the, the person sitting in front of the TV and you have the glowing light from the TV. Uh, he's done. Oh, Gregory of- Crudson. Crudson. But you're thinking about like the way that Crudson actually like takes that freezing moment of a, um, yeah. of kind of like, Essentially a film still, you know, like freezing a moment of a story as it's unfolding. Exactly. Like, in the, you know, blending them into a continuous frame throughout like that role. Yeah. You know, that would be really freaky. It would be. Yeah. Um, there was, we were talking before we started recording a little bit, how you can do that same kind of thing on a Holga. Yeah. Like where you can do that endless panoramic by just not taking out the mask mm-hmm. and not um, advancing the film all the way into each right. frame. And yeah. um, I went to, uh, when I was doing my undergrad, someone had, um, she was a, a couple years ahead of me, but she had done a, an exhibit of that, exactly that, those endless panoramics. And then she, all in black and white, and she contact printed all of them. So she just had, I think she had to do it on like a 16 by 20 sheet of paper for each one. Wow. So, and it was very, you know, it made you, it was this giant image, this giant piece of paper but then going into the gallery, you have to like really get in close and like intimate because it's just the size of a piece of 120 film yeah. going across this entire mm-hmm. sheet. And so you're getting really up there next to these images to see like what is going on <laughs> with all this stuff going across right. here. And it's just black on the top and the bottom, yeah. except for that image going across the middle. Yeah. So that was really cool that she did it, wanted it, everything to be like that optical direct print stuff too. Yeah. It'd be even crazier to see somebody do that with a whole roll of 35 going across. Very cool. That would be nuts. Yeah. So have you thought about like, yeah, and you have the small print here, but like, have you thought about like, how could, how could you turn this into a zine or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. I've started to, you know, uh, organize my photos and, you know, in my, uh, in photos, Apple Mm -hmm. photos, um, to start marking the ones that I want for a zine and, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably do a black and white and a color one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've started to look at it to see how I'm going to do it. Uh, see if, if the photos flow, you know, if I don't have enough, then obviously mm-hmm. I got to go back out and shoot again, sure. which is not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like yeah. that. Um, definitely like layover just flowed for, for me. That just flowed. I, I, I am seeing that um, in this project, there's some scenes that do flow and there's some scenes that don't. It mm-hmm. all depends on where I took them and what the context is behind the image and stuff like that. So uh, I just don't want to just dump a bunch of half frames and say, hey, here's my zine. I'd, sure, like, right. I'd like it to 
have a little bit of substance substance or or um continuity there you go yeah yes thank you yeah very cool well uh i think we were gonna touch on it a little bit that you recently got to attend um film padilla 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 Padilla. wiki padilla could be (laughs) but yes so you got to go to this awesome gathering of Mm -hmm. uh film photographers enthusiasts nerds and people that we wish we could all hang out with some big names out there too Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah, I got to deliver the Lomagon to Matt Day, which what? was one of my... Uh, oh, that's cool. Dude, one, of these, was, one of these days we're going to get mad on the show. Yeah, dude, I've been trying to get a hold of him. Yeah. So, it's also funny, too, because at one point I was like holding, I was like thinking about all the photographers that held this lens because yep. uh, get had, and she's like, yeah, this is the prototype that went around the country. And so I, I'm holding him like, so Matt Day helped this. <laughs> you know? Wait, you should have you said Edward Conde held, held yeah, this. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, then, and then Matt Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just well, kidding, Matt. Now Bill held it for yeah. like 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't immediately depreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do want to say I, much. I did order one. So I have one coming in November. Do you really? Yes. Oh, so jelly. Yeah. So, well, I'll I'll wait for it to come out on retail. So, because I'm really interested in that and then what it's really capable uh, mm-hmm. in the sense of video. Um, yeah. I'm really curious. As far as like just even that sample video, the, uh, the way that stopping down, changing the F-stops, like just that weird effect if yeah. you're recording. But yeah. anyway, so yeah. the uh, Padilla. film Padilla. Yep. Padilla. Someone sure tell Padilla. me how to say this. I think it's Padilla. Padilla. Like, I believe so. Like Wikipedia. Wikip- Wikipedia? Like Wikipedia. Yeah. Encyclopedia? Padilla. Padilla. Probably some like Latin roots to it. Paideia. Hey! <laughs> oh, good grief. Nice. Oh. All right. Yeah, please leave all of this in. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. Or anyway, don't. Go ahead. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> anyway, this thing that you did. Yes. Um. Yeah, man. So what is it for anybody who didn't get a chance to like see? I mean, um, it came up in... A lot of different places as far as people promoting and stuff right. and um yeah it was just what was this gathering that you got to be part of you know the the film community as you know as the way i i, I was introduced to it and everything it's all virtual right yeah. you know you, you mm. hardly ever see anybody you know that that shoots film and, and that kind of thing. if you do then it's cool to have a buddy that you can go and shoot with yeah so it's like getting all those people that you talk to virtually and then you just, it's just like a big party, basically a big film nerd party. And and that's pretty much what it was. It's just everybody bringing out whatever they wanted, their best of their best. There was a lot of Leicas. Oh, and, sure. <laughs> and, um, and like, of course, uh, you know, I came there with my, with my crew, as I call them, the, the three Lomos that I have and, um, and a bunch of other stuff. I, I you know, since I drove, I brought all kinds of bags and stuff. Nice. So. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was, uh, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. I got to meet Mike Padua, who I'd been, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook buddies for a while and stuff like that. We share, um, a GA645. I had, I bought one, sold it to him and then he sold it back to me. <laughs> and, awesome. um, and so we, sometimes we share custody on that one. Um, it's funny. and then, you know, one of the big ones was to meet Matt Day. You know, and that guy's just a solid dude. Very cool, very down to earth, and everything. Yeah. So, and then you know, I was able to give him the Lomagon. I had that's cool. I had uh, talked to um, Birgit, 
and um and we just arranged it for for that to happen and and that kind of stuff That's so cool. but you know they they had some speakers and you know uh, the fpp guys were there yeah yeah and right. they were just telling them how they started everything and pretty much the all the speakers is like how do they come to shooting film and why do they shoot film and you know it's just kind of like a big celebration about shooting film and and keeping this going um and then one of the youngest speakers uh king japes uh jonathan yep. paragas and mm-hmm. he was there and he was just you know uh he's kind of like the you know the the one for the millennials i guess for the for the mm. younger kids who are um who are shooting film and and that kind of stuff so you know he's pushing that forward um you know and getting a lot of people excited about shooting film so it was just a big celebration about just shooting film and um there was different different uh workshops um uh, Trev Lee did like a double exposure workshop and how nice. how all that works and what you sh- how, you know the steps to do that um there's a street photography one and then the FPP guys um talked about medium format and large format uh, Matt Marash was uh I think he gave one on on 4x5 and that kind of stuff uh, and Trev Lee talked about the LCA120, which is great because, you know, I, that's one of my favorite cameras. And, um, you know, then the beer and camera guys were there. So, yeah. So they uh, they put on a couple of spots that people would go out. And, and again, it's just socializing and just taking pictures and, and that kind of stuff. It was just, uh, it was fun. It was a very fun weekend. And then we ended up with the photo walk in San Clemente. And, yeah, it was cool. So at this, hi Dea. Um, <laughs> I forgot the film part. You got the. Fi- <laughs> it's. I think the bit's over. The film first, Paideia. Yeah. So was this the first uh, one? No, okay. my understanding this is the second one. The second one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think the first one wasn't as large. Mm-hmm. This one was. They said I think it was like 150 film photographers nice. that showed up. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And a lot of people had that traveled long ways. Yes. Yes. For uh, this. One so. person that I met, um, Marilyn, I'm trying to remember his last name, but he was out of Toronto. There was oh, a wow. lot of wow. a lot of Canadians that I met um, hmm. that flew down there. Uh, a couple more people from the East Coast. So I was like, wow. I go, this is awesome. That's really cool. I know that um meetups are I mean, we've we have one meetup that we have scheduled in June. And that that's more of an Atlanta film photographers meetup. I know uh, 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 Jordana, I, I promised her I wouldn't give her a hard time about uh, her interview on Grainy Days where uh, she was like, oh, we're doing a photo walk? I was like, <laughs> well, it's not a Studio C41. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Sometimes I don't actually, when it comes to the group text, I don't always read it. Um, Dang, dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, dude, all right. So, question. All, what do you do here? Uh, I've, we've been over the sarcastic banter, <laughs> snarky remarks, and occasionally thoughtful mentions of, of people in the history of photography. I just yeah. name drop people like, you know, Gregory Crudson and Stephen Shore. Oh, and, okay. you know, enough. Okay. Yeah, Eugene Atjay, whatever, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Uh-huh. Um, but, no, I I do normally read the group text, but I think that all happened while I was gone on yeah. my anniversary trip. Yeah. No, so. no, yeah. Uh, so, but what I was going to get at with all that is that the film walks are a crucial portion to yes. the, the, not just the networking, but, I mean, the sense of community. And enjoy it's, a lot more enjoyable to do things that you love 
when other people ha- share that same love with you. Um, like uh, when I was downtown today and I was snapping a couple shots and everything, you know, we were still in that same area where we did the phone, the film walk with Kodak. Yeah. Right uh, around January. Park. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I had this like huge level of discomfort. Like I knew that area and everything. And I'm walking around and I'm not big on street photography in general. You know, I'm trying to really trying to push myself out there. But it's also a very different environment compared to New York City, where I know people are like in their worlds and they really don't care what you're doing. In, in Atlanta, it's a little bit different because people are always kind of like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, you I, know? Can, I can yeah. see that. So, I mean, it's there's a level of discomfort sure. in street photography. I mean, which yeah. is most of the time, if I'm shooting in a street, I'm avoiding people, but because yeah. I'm more interested in like architecture and the scenes. Sure. And, but, but I mean, it's it's a different feeling when you're with other people because when I was walking that it was a totally different vibe than it being by myself. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so it's a lot more enjoyable. So that's really cool that you, you had the chance to do the film walks with other people, mm-hmm. um, and, and networking. I really want to try to get out to this next film. Paideia. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, that's going to be the wrong pronunciation this whole time. Yeah, pretty much. Probably is. I don't know. I, I keep thinking it's like some kind of like Spanish food dish. That would be paella, and it's delicious. That's right. That is paella. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so we're getting to that time. Yes. And um, Edward, your work here, man, is fantastic. Um, I was blown away with Layover. Um, and you blew us away even more with these prints here and, um, we'll have to figure out a way to like document what you had here so we can put it on, uh, to our, um, website so that everybody can see the images that we were kind of talking about and kind of going along with it. And eventually I'll try to do like video along with these, uh, podcast episode so people can get the visual and everything to go along with that so yeah it's gonna get weird <laughs> pretty much so um so that's pretty much it i mean is there anything is there okay let me ask you this is there anything that i didn't ask you that you would have liked me to have asked Ooh. Hmm. i don't think so okay if you had to choose one breakfast cereal oh oh okay mm. i got it okay the old recipe of Honey Smacks. What era are we talking about? When did they change this? They just changed it in the last couple of years. Seriously? Okay, yeah, it's been did. a minute since I've had Smacks, so yeah. I would be very disappointed. Then. If it says new recipe, it, you're screwed. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yes. That is. I have sad. a connection with Honey Smacks. I lost a tooth as a. What? When I was five or something? Oh, wow. All right. Let's get into this. So you <laughs> yeah. got like a lifetime supply of like honey smacks? No, no, no. no. Oh. I just, I, I had a loose tooth, but I was eating honey smacks and I, then I saw it floating in my cereal. So, yeah. So it's more of a, uh, more of a personal. Yeah. Oh, but, okay. but ever since they killed the recipe, I was just like, you're dead to me. <laughs> you're dead to me. So um, I do like, um, so I'm a sugar cereal connoisseur. Just Sure. I can tell. <laughs> I knew that would right when you walked into this room today. <laughs> yeah, so I do like um, uh, the frosted Rice Krispies; those are cool, and mm. then Tony the Tiger. 
nice. know, Frosted Flakes. Yeah, do you remember they had Rice Krispie Treat cereal for a minute? Yeah, I'm not a Rice Krispie Treat fan. Really? Yeah. I do like plain Rice Krispies with banana and added sugar. Okay, okay. Sure. That was always my get, jam. I can get down with that. I did that. Um, but yeah. uh, Cocoa Krispies, too. Ah, you see, I don't like chocolate, so oh. I know. I'm weird. But I yeah. think that's the first time you ever admitted that on the air. That I'm weird? I'm sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't like chocolate. Oh, yeah. Our listenership's going to fall right off now. But it's, you know. You have offended our chocolate. It's more for everyone else. <laughs> so go and enjoy. Mm. I, uh, I'm i going to go eat some peanut butter or something. I don't know. Ugh. You don't like peanut butter? You don't like peanut butter? And on that note, <laughs> wow, this was a podcast about photography. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so we'll leave it with that. Does Bill like peanut butter? Um, so, uh, Edward, thank you for coming on to the show, man. This was amazing. I love seeing your work every single time. Uh, you tag me and uh, on Instagram, and I literally get excited whenever I get. I'm like, oh man, I get to see what's next. Just so you know, on Fridays when I do half frame Fridays, because that's the you know, that's the day that I publish them. Okay, cool. When I do tag you, I have a big smile on my face <laughs> <laughs> because I like he's gonna see this now. Yes, so you can go and excited. start shooting some more some more half frame. I, I am, I am. Now so. you can tag him and be like, does he really not like peanut butter? <laughs> Don't start Ash. All right. Okay, fine. All right. Well, uh, that wraps it up for this episode, guys. Edward, thank you again for coming out. And Stephen, try to figure out how to like chocolate. What? Huh? I thought you were just say to say the word Padea. I guess uh, go out and shoot some film at the Padea. Dang it! Dang it! (laughs) 